Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome back to Midnight in the Mountains. It's Laura here, and on this episode, we have part two of NADP with Nick Valenti. We discuss some missing 411 theories and some wilderness safety. If you have a true paranormal story you'd like to share and be a guest on the show, or just have your story read on the show, send me an email at midnight underscore in the mountains at yahoo.com. You can also find me on Instagram at midnight underscore in the mountains or go to my website, midnightinthemountains.com. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Let's get into it. It depends. It depends on what you believe about in it. You know, it's just like it's just like when you're down in Louisiana, they have their rituals down there and they could make a, uh, a life size type of effigy of you and start sticking pins in it and. You know, if you believe in it enough, it'll affect you. The mind does affect things. I mean, I I believe in that kind of stuff. Like, say, you know, if somebody does that to you and and you don't believe in it, I think it's still going to affect you no matter what. I mean, that stuff's stuff's powerful. I've witnessed firsthand not any, like, dark magic, but just recently uh, I went away. I was supposed to be on a trip and stay overnight at the Shanley Hotel, but... I couldn't even stay there because that place was so, so heavy and so dark. Oh. I went and got an Airbnb. I left because I, I couldn't do it. I fully believe that if somebody wants to curse you, if you believe in it or not, it's, it's going to hit you. I absolutely don't believe it. And my, my, you early don't. Days, my early days before cryptozoology were in, in investigating the paranormal spirits, ghosts, and the whatnot. And we did everything soup to nuts. And I'm going to tell you, uh, we did things like walk through a haunted, so-called, really dangerous graveyard at 12 midnight. Everybody that supposedly walked from um, east to west through this little passageway at 12 midnight, when they went to the other end, uh, they were either had white hair or they were totally scared to death and they were totally changed. I did the walk, nothing. I've investigated a lot of paranormal things. Now, not that it probably doesn't exist. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist out there, but all the times we were out there, I couldn't prove anything. Uh, As a matter of fact, we disproved a lot of things like cold spots and things like that. And I did do the walk in that cemetery and nothing happened to me. And I'll be honest with you, if I I was down there and some witch doctor down in Louisiana made an effigy of me and with sticky pins, I say, can I have that for a second? Here. Let me have that for a second. I want to stab it myself. And I'll show you that you're full of crap because I personally don't believe in it. And I think the mind is the strongest thing. If you believe in something that that's not real, well, you know, then it's going to affect you. I just don't believe in it. 
Absolutely don't. So I fully believe what you're saying about the mind being the strongest thing, because it's definitely stronger than we even realize. And you can definitely talk yourself into things and you can definitely produce side effect with just your brain. I just don't think that you have been at the correct location because I've been to a handful of places and I can, I could definitely tell you, but I'm also, I've just recently found out that I'm like, empath and like sensitive to stuff so i can like i can feel stuff and i so so for example with the shanley i'm not going to get into a whole spiel about it but i didn't i went into that building only knowing like a quarter of the history honest to god i only knew a little bit about it and i didn't even last a half hour in there it was i could feel it it was so heavy and I burst into tears for no reason because it was so oppressive. Like I just had this, it was really bad. And I was like, this place is really dark and it's really bad. And I don't know what, but something's wrong here. I got off the property and I was immediately better. And then the next morning after the group that I was with, I met back up with them and they told me all this stuff about the history. And I was like, no wonder why I could not stay there. Well, was it a hope that you could actually stay in? Or was it yes. the house that you walked into? No, it's it's a hotel. And so I, I did know it was haunted. Uh-huh. But, but granted, I've been to other places that are haunted. And I've slept at another... Like, I've slept at two other haunted places. And the one place I stayed there, three nights total, I've been there twice. So... I didn't... I did not react like that at those other places, knowing that they were haunted. Mm. So that's just, like, full-blown proof to me i mean i guess like i like i didn't even tell my sister the story because she thinks i'm crazy half the time when i talk about this stuff she's probably she probably doesn't believe in dogman or bigfoot or anything like that she's like a skeptical believer but won't admit she's a believer kind of thing she still doesn't believe stuff but i'm like just one day you're gonna have some kind of experience and you're you're not gonna think i'm crazy anymore so but anyways um yeah just wait till she does have something that's what I'm saying with you. Wait yeah. till you get to a place that's severely haunted and, and something happens. There are a lot of places that were haunted and were even in the in Hans Holter's book. And yeah. We're on television and stay there a long time. I'd love to go to that place that you were just talking about and uh, and see what happens. You know, it would, it would I, be great. I mean, honestly, though, and I'm not saying, oh, I'm better than you or anything like that. Just some people feel nothing. Some people don't feel that stuff. It doesn't it doesn't affect them. They just don't, they're not sensitive to it. I know what you and mean it, about the oppressive feeling though, because yeah. I was in Kentucky, that was at nighttime. During the daytime, I didn't feel it so much. At nighttime, it was oppressive. There's a place like that in Pennsylvania that's known for some really messed up stuff going on. And it feels like that in the daytime. And then when it gets dark out, it gets even worse. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it that that place scared the crap out of me. I don't know if I'd ever go back there, but I probably will. <laughs> yeah. Is it in Pennsylvania that hotel? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, it's like it's part of Michaux State Forest. I'm sure you've heard of it because it's known for like Bigfoot sightings. Hmm. Well, if you ever think of going back there and you're going to stay, let me know. Oh, I'm not going to stay overnight. I'm okay. absolutely not going to stay overnight there. I'm gonna come up there. <laughs> yeah. We could sit in the parlor over there and wait right through the whole night. That would be great. I'm telling you, I got, I swear to you, I got bluff charge there. Huh? Have, yeah. And I, and I, there's, I don't know. Oh, a spirit. No. No. I, I think, have, I mean, have you ever heard of like Bigfoot bluff charging people? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like where you, you hear something come running full force at you crashing through the woods you hear the leaves branches going and then all of a sudden boom it stops dead silent and nothing is there you're expecting to see this giant massive creature monster bear something and there's nothing there Mm. when we first got there it was still late in the afternoon but it was during the summer so it was actually on a summer solstice day so it was the longest day of the year Mm. and we got there and as immediately when we pulled into the forest, I was like, this place was like, oh my gosh, I don't like how it feels. It felt really ominous. And we get there and we get out of our cars and it smells like rotten animals, rotten garbage. And 
I didn't realize till after we got home that we didn't smell that smell when we got back in our cars at the end of the night. So now if there was something dead there, you would have we would have smelt it no matter what. Right. And I swear to you, the two other people I were with did not hear this, but I heard it. I heard a roar up far off into the woods. And then I was asking them, you know, did you hear this? And nobody else heard it. But then when we were farther into the woods, right before we got to the point where we were going to turn around and go back because the sun was starting to set, the two other people I was with saw a, um, like a white light, a white orb into the woods, but I, I didn't see it. But I've also been other places in Pennsylvania where there's, it's known for these orb lights that are red, green, blue, white. Mm-hmm. No idea what it what they are, but I've yeah I've been to some weird places. Pennsylvania's pretty crazy. Sounds interesting. Sounds interesting though. My gosh. Um, uh, something I would like to put out there, if if you don't mind, uh, a, a shameless advertisement, not for myself, but for Go the for Dogman and Cryptid Conference that they're having on August twelfth and thirteenth of this year in Paris, Tennessee. Josh Turner, who you mentioned from Paranormal Roundtable, Josh is probably the only guy that could pull off something like this with the people that are going to be showing up there. Now, I think it's going to be a one of a, of a kind type of a thing, unless Josh does this another year or two. It'll be the first time you're going to have 16 known cryptozoology type people all in the same place. In the past, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, when you had like uh, Sir Roger uh, Hillman go up, you know, looking for the Yeti, and you had uh, Sanderson looking for Bigfoot and stuff like that, those cryptozoologists of the day, they never all got together. And there was a lot of them because back then it was a big deal for a corporation, mind you, from the 20s all the way up into the 60s, to give out grants to have. Uh, safari type of searches up in the Himalayas and and down in, in South America, you know, looking for the different cryptids that were reported there. Um, the Yeti is like one of the biggest things, the abominable snowman. Now, only one time in history that I've ever seen did they have two men come together and have a picture. When we're in Paris, Tennessee on the 13th of August, we're going to take a picture of 16 of the biggest well-known cryptozoology people all in one place. And they're going to take a picture of all of us in one shot. The hotel said in order to rent the conference center, they wanted the money, but they also wanted a 16 by 24 glossy that they can frame and put up on the wall to show that this actually happened there. One of a kind deal. I'm telling you, Chris Turner knows knows all of us. Yeah, he does. He's like the only guy I can think of that could actually put something like this together. And uh, I'm going to be driving 14 and a half hours from New Jersey over to Paris, Tennessee, uh, a one-shot deal. I'll be there on the 11th because the 12th is the VIP dinner. And that I think 50 people purchase VIP t- tickets, and you get a dinner, and, a, and Josh has arranged to give you guys all kinds of swag, you know, shirts, hats, uh, patches, badges. You name it. I'm going to pitch in some NADP badges, patches, actually. Well, you can see it, but the people can't see it. <laughs> well, actually, you yeah. can't do well either. Here, here we go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You know, we're going we're gonna to give them their money's worth. It's well worth it because if you're going to buy a dinner, you're getting a dinner from a uh, super caterer that he's bringing in over there anyway. Plus, you have the, the next day's ticket paid for already. And that's on the 13th, and that's supposed to be, that's the big day. We're going to have people talking from 10 o'clock in the morning all the way to 7 o'clock at nighttime. So people can pick who they want to listen to, what what different cryptozoologists, or you got a bunch of authors over there. Of course, they'll have some booths over there so people can buy things to eat and drink. I guess they'll have uh, booths over there that they can purchase whatever the people have, you know, whatever wares they have over there, books or Patches, T-shirts, and hats and the like. But that's in Paris, Tennessee on August 13th. Should be a wonderful time. I mean, I can't wait. (laughs) Not so thrilled about the 14 and a half hour ride, but I'm going to be bringing equipment with me that I don't think the TSA would be too kind about uh, me bringing onto an airplane. Uh, (laughs) The electronic flashbangs, the bear spray, 
and other certain things. I, I'm going to be giving a talk. I, I think uh, they got me set up for seven o'clock at night, probably the last one to speak. And as I was telling Josh, oh, I don't, that's okay. You're saving the best for last. When they have an MMA fight or a boxing boxing fight, a big one, they'll have the preliminaries and then the last yeah. one, the big one. So, so uh, I'm going to give everybody their money's worth. I'll, I'll demonstrate my electronic flashbangs. I'll demonstrate the uh, decibel, 146 decibel whistles. I'll show them the lasers. I'll show them other things that I take out there and give them uh, practical hints what they can do when doing field investigations and how to stay safe while you're out there. Uh, the thing I, I always try to mention to people is to always look up. People have a bad habit of looking down or just straight ahead. No. I up. always stare at the ground when I'm hiking because I'm afraid I'm going to trip. <laughs> no, no look, at the, look at the bottom of the ground, but also look ahead of you up in the trees. Do you know a mountain lion from a standstill can jump 14 feet straight up? I mean, your cat, you ever see your cat jump from the ground to the top of a, a kitchen cap table? Or, or even, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if your cat can do that, imagine what a super strong mountain lion can do. And we have them here in the United States. And they could just bounce right up 14 feet. I mean, that in my mind, that is just like, wow, that is something. They could be up there in the tree. A black bear can climb a tree. Believe it or not, people don't understand. Bears can climb trees real well. A bear could be up there, you know, but what you don't want, you don't want that mountain lion to be up there in that tree because then you're passing by and it's hungry, it can jump down on you. That's why I, I try to tell people if there's at least one thing that you need to go out there in the woods with, it's bear spray and learn how to use it. There is a safety on it. You want that thing in your hand, that canister in your hand, and if something is threatening you, you just blast it. You need to do something to defend yourself, you know, and that's that's a good way to defend yourself. If there's a snake on the ground and it's coming towards you, you blast that thing with that and that thing's going to not come near you. It's going to burn. It burns and it suffocates. So, I mean, if there's anything you're going to take out there in the wilderness, take bear spray with you. If a human is out there trying to attack you, at least you have the bear spray. And... um you know, Laura, if you would just allow me another minute or two to expand on that human part. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You're done. No. <laughs> I do not. Yeah. Go I for it. Everybody that the missing, the missing 411. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Idaho, you would think that that would be a nice state to live in. Idaho is the biggest missing person state in the state of the union. And I just couldn't believe it, but it runs straight up to Canada and all they have to do is go over the border and go West, you know, and a lot of, a lot, a lot of people have gotten kidnapped in Idaho. I have one of my members that contacted me several months back and a guy came, he stopped his car on a street that must've been near her trail that she was walking and he came running through the woods straight at her. Luckily, luckily, this woman carries a 45 caliber handgun. She took it out of the, the, the holster that was on her left side and pointed it right at him and said, don't come any closer. I will shoot you. He ran. Now, her only mistake was that she didn't report him, his description, and his car and everything else to the police. She never reported it. Why I'm saying this to you is because about three weeks later, a woman went missing from the exact same spot. 
that she was almost accosted at, and that woman was never found. Now, my member who was who was approached by that guy and she pulled a gun on him, she contacted me via Facebook Messenger and told me the whole story. And we went over it and over it. And she told me about this young lady that, that was missing. And she had just found out about it. She was missing for a day and a half at the time. I got two of my members to go up there. They're their former military and their trackers. And I had two of them go up there into Idaho to, to help assist trying to find this this woman they never found her i mean if she's not there you know if somebody kidnapped her maybe she's gone now missing 411 the show says it's either a person is attacked by a uh, predator animal and eaten and dragged off that's one number two they fell in a hole number three a human has kidnapped them or killed them now out of those three things, they have cadaver dogs that can smell you if you're underwater. They can smell dead bodies. So actually, these dogs would find the people. So if you're in a hole, they're going to find you. If you've been attacked by an animal, there should be some body parts left over. There should be some blood. If you're taken by a kidnapper, all right, maybe there's no blood. Maybe they knocked you out and they took you away. But Missing 411 only talks about, here I go again, three things they're not talking about possible cryptid because there's a lot of reports that i've read and i've been sent via email or messenger and on facebook about sasquatch uh kidnapping human females not something i would like to even think about or, or discuss because no. not something that's that that you want to think about believe me uh or possibly a dog man grabbing you know people whether it be male or female or some other cryptid. So that's a number four. Besides, you know, falling in a hole, being kidnapped by a human, or being eaten by a, a known animal, it's a cryptid. And number five, you might might think in your mind, well, I don't hear about this too much, but I do. I personally do. Uh, possible kidnapping by an alien. And we're talking UFO. Because over the years, you've you've heard many cases. And there's been many cases reported of kidnappings of human beings by ufos by aliens so there's something else they the worst thing i one of the worst things that people can possibly think about though is the human trafficking and in idaho human trafficking is abundant and i don't know why the government doesn't stop it it's just it's just a horrible thing to think about i mean as a woman you can appreciate being kidnapped and then being drugged and taken to another a foreign country you know thousands of miles away and you can't get home and you're now drugged. I mean, that's a horrible thing. I noticed we're talking about cryptids on your show, but it's it's something I want to bring out to people. And if they could ever, you know, influence uh, the politics and the politicians to, you know, look into it more deeply and try to stop it, it would be great. To me, the the people are the scariest out of everything that we just talked yeah. about. It's well, so, dis it's disgusting yeah. and it's sad. Horrible. It, yeah horrible the uh that's why i really recommend the bear spray it can be used against known animals cryptids and humans and if it happens to be a gray alien what the heck what are you gonna lose squirt them you know if anything maybe it'll save your life or maybe it'll get you back home too I and mean, i mean even if somebody out there listening to this hears you and listens to this and they pick up some bear spray or pepper spray it could save their life one day. So you have no idea who, you know, we're impacting by putting this out. So it's definitely a good thing to talk about, even though it's not cryptid related. Well, it's, it's one, one thing I try to slip in there if they allow me to, and you graciously have allowed me to. And I, just being former paramilitary and former police, I'm going to tell you, I, I just, it just disgusts me that, you know, some of the stuff that goes on out there and uh, the reports I've read, you know, and, and violations human on human and, you know, gangs doing stuff like that. It's just, it's just horrible. But if I could, if I could save one person, then doing all these shows, it's been worth it. It's really yeah. good for me. And definitely, I'd like to say thank you for your service for sure. I appreciate it, and I, I'm quite sure everybody out there, you know, who has served and helped out the country, they all appreciate it too. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're all. Some of them are also going through their their own problems. Uh, we're the people that actually go 
towards the action and not run away from it. And oh, uh, I know, I, yeah, I know for sure that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I, I try to make sure if I see, you know, a veteran with a hat on, I always go up to him and say thank you. And like ninety eight percent of the time, they always say to me, so genuine. They say thank you to me for even acknowledging them. Definitely. So yeah. I mean, there's a lot of veterans out there, just like people who don't report they saw cryptids. There's a lot of veterans that don't seek help out there. Um, I know my dad, he saw action, and it has affected him, but he has such a uh, a strong mind that he's went through it all these years. But I know it has affected him in many ways. And, and I mean, I can see it because we're, we're so close. But there's a lot of veterans out there that have been affected and they don't want help. They don't want to ask for help or they don't believe they need help. And uh, they've probably been affected by it because, after all, how many people can see, you know, their fellow soldiers, their brothers in arms blown up by a IED, you know, or some sort of a RPG miss rocket, you know, that's been shot at them or a guy's been shot. Um, I have some people that have have told me stories about their time in Vietnam. And one guy in particular, he was walking next to his buddy in Vietnam. And the next thing, the guy's head was, was blown off by a sniper. I mean, his head just went boom, you know? So that's, that's got to affect some people. I uh, mean, how do you, I don't know how you come back from that. I can't even watch movies like that. So to go through that real life, it's, I can't even imagine I mean, you're seeing, you know, somebody killed right next to you and you're seeing death right next to you. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 don't have the proper word for it, but it's, it's just, it just affects you bad, really does. And some people, they just let it stay with them their whole lives. And, you know, they're, they're changed. They're totally changed people then at that point, uh, which brings us full circle around to cryptids and people that have seen them. And a lot of them have been seen because a lot of people have reported it and, in my estimation, only 30% of all the people that have seen a cryptid have, have reported it in some way. That other 70% just said, oh, I don't want to know nothing about it. And I don't want to report it because I don't want to be ridiculed or I don't want to be marked as a lunatic or something like this. And there's been a lot of people out there that have seen it, have seen a, a Sasquatch, for instance, uh, say in California. I know of this one famous plastic surgeon. He was pulled over one day on his way home, and he was surrounded by police officers. They called in for backup because the cop that stopped him for speeding saw on his passenger side seat a 44 Magnum pistol. And when they finally got more police officers over there and they got him out of the car and he gave him his ID and everything, he gave them the whole story. He had Sasquatch, Bigfoot, as we call it in the United States and Canada, they call it Sasquatch. Uh, he had these Bigfoot in his backyard. And mind you, he owned about 10 acres of property. He had this giant house with this great backyard with pools and all that, a cabana. And he and his family had seen several Sasquatch running around in his backyard. And he was so scared, yet he couldn't tell anybody because he's a plastic surgeon, a well-known plastic surgeon. Yet he was driving home with that 44 Magnum on his seat. It was all legal, by the way, even for California. That was my first question when you said that. Well, he had he, he had purchased it legally. It was a revolver, six-shot revolver, 44 Magnum. He had the carry permit because, after all, he was a well-known, famous plastic surgeon, and he carried money with him at times, and I guess that was the reason why they allowed him to get it because he feared for his life from people that didn't like his work or whatever, and he had threats, and he proved it. But the police wanted to know why he had it out in the open. And he says, because as soon as I hit my driveway, you know, I might see these creatures and I might be attacked. And I am afraid. And what happened was it got down to the uh, sheriff's department and they actually sent a couple of patrol cars there. And a couple of patrolmen went out into his backyard and they actually heard uh, grunts and noises in the backyard. But they never got to see, you know, the Sasquatch in this gentleman's backyard this, this doctor's backyard so you know like i said people will be ridiculed and out of 100 percent of the people out there that have seen them i only say 30 percent will have reported it because they just don't want to have to put up with that and a lot of people just want to forget it 
Laura, they just want to forget what they've seen. In my case, I've been back to where I've had my sighting and my encounter, and I've been back there with a team of seven several times, and I've been trying to find it. I've been actually trying to find where uh, they could possibly be sleeping or hiding at night because that's the closest for me. That's the closest thing for me. Like I said, the Lenape Indians actually have a burial ground up there. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Cryptozoology is amazing. I mean, I've been to West Virginia and checked out the Mothman, and I think to my satisfaction, I've proven to me that it was a sandhill crane. Uh, sandhill cranes have eyes that are about six inches long from top to the bottom, and the skin around the eyes is, is red in color. And remember, animals have that eye shine. So at nighttime, if a light hits the eyes, it's going to have eye shine. And if a light hits the eyes, you're going to see the red around the eyes. And a lot of sandhill cranes are about five, eight, six foot tall. And they have a very wide wingspan. And if you look at it in the map, they come from all the way down south. And they have a flight pattern that goes right through West Virginia all the way up to Michigan. So they have their time of the year where they have, they're, they're taking a flight path all the way through there. And they may make stop-offs here and there. Uh, I've been to West Virginia several times. I've checked the area out where the, the sightings were. And like I told you, I, I have this thing to prove or to disprove. And to me, uh, I feel like I've disproven what the Mothman is. But uh, other people said, oh, well, what about um, near O'Hare Airport in Chicago? Flying. I was going to go there. Okay. Well, I've been there. I've been there and I've been to an area where they where the sightings were very prevalent. And one sighting in particular happened at an old church that wasn't used anymore. And it had like the clapboard um, where, where there was openings so that you could hear the bell when they rang the bell. In there, what I saw one night, because I went there with, with a, uh, a 4X nighttime scope, and I was looking through that area, and I actually saw a Mothman-like body flying around. Now, when I used my scope instead of my human eye, I actually zoomed in on it, and it was bats. You know how birds and geese will fly in a pattern? You ever see mm -hmm. them flying in a pattern? These bats were flying all together and in a pattern. And I wish we had video because I would like to show you the pattern. They were doing something similar to a figure eight pattern in the air. And they were all staying together and it looked like a body. It didn't look like a human body to me, but it looked like a body. And they were sticking together. And these were bats. Uh, so either sandhill crane or a bunch of bats. You know, and like I said, and the chubacabra down in just over the border from Texas into Mexico, a hybrid, a hybrid of a coyote and a wolf. You know, to me, at least, you know, I'm proving some things out there. I have yet to come across a, uh, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. I've yet to come across one. I've had a very large piece of wood thrown my way, but I've never come across one. I've heard the uh, wood knocks when I was in Colorado and in Washington State, but I've never come across one yet. So I'm trying. To this day, like I said, field investigation is my is my love, my passion. I love being out there, boots on the ground. And uh, I'll, I'll still continue going to different states, you know, and try to find out things. Anytime somebody gives me a report of something and it's and it's viable, like the one we had above, in, you know, north of the Poconos, four different sources. When you have four different sources of people telling you stuff, you just have to check it out. And I have the means to check it out. So we go and do it. Did you hear about the the Mothman sightings that were like in the parking garage of the airport? In, in O'Hare? Mm hmm I I haven't gotten very much information. Oh, I've heard see that's that's why that's why I'm you know, I can see the, the bat thing and, and the crane, but people have said that they've seen these figures in the parking garage walking like to and from their car, like, you know, if they're flight attendants after work. Uh-huh. So I don't know. That's something else you could look into. I've, I've read of I've read a couple of reports on where there were buildings up, not at Chicago O'Hare, but in the Chicago area, they were putting up new buildings and they were still under construction. And the uh, police were called up there 
and he they actually one of the officers actually saw something uh six foot tall black with with red eyes and wings and it was just standing there on on like a girder he couldn't get close to it or get near it and i don't think he wanted to get closer to get near it either but uh his description is the description of what the, the mothman was in west virginia you mm -hmm. know so that, there's a lot out there that's unexplained that's that we're still trying to explain out there but from my experiences that's where i'm talking from i gotta tell you laura right. I've gotten a lot of messages from people uh, that they're mad at me for talking about it. You know what a Chuby is and and what a Mothman is and and I'll, I finally found after six years what a Jer what I thought a Jersey Devil was, and because I saw a a corpse, uh, a gentleman found one in a field of the land that he owned, and he brought it in and he put it in a ice chest, big 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 ice chest. He had like a three and a half foot long uh <laughs> i guess animal and what i identified it as is a horse-faced bat now if you look on the internet you'll be able to see a horse-faced bat in fact there's one with a gentleman holding it by the neck and that one in particular was was four feet in length from the feet to the head now this the jersey devil looks just like a horse-faced bat i'm sorry it does it has wings it has that base it has that skinny body and it's got the bat-like feet that the description has been given since, oh God, way back in the uh, early 1800s. So like I said, I'm, I'm liable to get nasty notes from people who are listening to your show again, who haven't heard me the first time around describing these animals, but I'm going to tell you like it is. If I find something out there and I say I, I saw a Sasquatch, well, this is what I saw and I'm telling you, I saw a Sasquatch. But if I see a chupacabra or, and I can prove that, you know, a mothman looks like a, a sandhill crane or a Jersey devil is a, a horse face bat. Well, that's that's my opinion, because I've seen them in the flesh, at least. Well, that's the other thing, too, is you are you are going out there. You are meeting with people. You're seeing these things. You're going to these places. You're also digging in, doing the research, going to local libraries, looking for, you know, local old books, everything. So until somebody else this is going to do that, then then they can, you know, stop being their keyboard warrior self and yeah. Yeah. yelling at you. So you call yeah. them that too, huh? That's what I say. They are the keyboard warrior, <laughs> everything. Yet it's only comes from looking at the internet. They're never out there in the field. Uh, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't count. I mean, I mean it's, yeah. it's and what I was trying to get in there before is if you go to an old library and they have microfilm or microfiche, you know, from the 1700s or 1800s, the newspapers. Oh my God, you'll find so much stuff in there. I mean, they have uh, pictures of of a bunch of guys with a thunderbird. That they shot way back when, way back oh in my the gosh. hundreds. Yeah, I mean, this thing was huge. It looked like a uh, pterodactyle, you know, one of those really big prehistoric uh, flying creatures. Um, there, there are just so many pictures out there that they published way back when. And mind you, they use those old cameras with the the heavy flash bulbs that went off and everything. Um, so yeah, if if you find yourself down. Down south and in in an old library, definitely ask them for newspaper articles from the 17 and 1800s, and you'd be surprised what you find. You really would. I yeah, I I would like that's a dream of mine to go do that and just research stuff like that. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because the other day I was trying to do some research for something that I want to look into, and I found a newspaper from Pennsylvania. And it had this story from the 1800s, and it was they found a human head in a chunk of ice in the Delaware River. Oh. And then it goes through the story of how it got there and that that these these people, like, murdered this kid because he would go around and he would sell rings, mm. like jewelry. So they murdered him. And then the woman whose son got killed, supposedly she had given her son her wedding ring, which I don't know why you would ever do this, but she took her wedding ring off and gave it to her son to put in the box to make it look like the box was full. Go around and present this and say, you know, do you want to buy this? He'd 
he would go from door to door like a peddler and she ended up seeing these these kids that murdered her son and they had her wedding ring so she went you know like she had told the cops like yeah they did this because he has my ring and this is what happened but it was just the craziest story i was i was never expecting that to find dead person's head floating in an ice chunk in the delaware river from the 1800s the story behind it uh, it's just amazing and that's a Another reason, I have a, a bachelor's degree currently and in zoology, and I'm working on the master's, and the master's degree is just so hard. Uh, but I always tell people that you need to be able to recognize a real animal before you can say, oh, that's a cryptid. I saw a cryptid. How do you know it's not a bear? you got to know different types of bears. you got black bears that will go up to six feet, six feet two. You know, they generally are not going to go up to like seven feet tall like a grizzly, or or if you go to a polar bear, I mean, most people are not going to see a polar bear unless they go up to Alaska or up to the Arctic. However, you got to be able to know what you're looking at in order to say, oh, I think I saw a cryptid, you know, which is another thing I tell people is to try to go to zoos. Go to a zoo and see an animal in person. I mean, to see, I, I went up to the Philadelphia Zoo many, many years ago, and they had this uh 950 pound tiger his name was george he was the biggest tiger i think they had that they had at a zoo ever george was humongous you would not believe the size of the paws on this tiger beautiful gorgeous animal but to look at him and something else people can can experience too like if you got too close to george's cage and he felt you were you know encroaching on his area he would let out that deep chesty roar, not so much a throaty roar, but chesty roar, and it would go right through you. Like an infrasound. Yes, that's what I was getting at, the infrasound. And people have have spoken out there about uh, Sasquatch or Dogman firing infrasound at them. Well, there's a reason that they would do that. They would they do that to keep them away from their water source, their food source. Possibly they had a, a fresh kill. Or they want to keep them away from where they live, and they want to keep humans away from maybe they're young. So there's many reasons why they'll shoot that infrasound out there. And not so much Dogman, but Sasquatch has used MindSpeak saying, don't take that picture of me. Don't you dare fire that rifle at me. You know, and they've used MindSpeak on people. Now, I've known a couple of people. I know one gentleman, Jeremiah Fontaine. I've known him personally, and he's gotten knocked down by the infrasound and the mind speak by, I believe, Sasquatch up in uh, the Adirondacks area in New York State. Uh, I think he was just too close to the uh, to the young, and they warned him off. And he actually got knocked to the ground twice. Two different. I believe areas. that. Yeah, yeah, it can make you sick. Yeah, it was horrible for him. I mean, he was really, really. And he's a Sasquatch investigator out there. He's one of the big ones out there in uh, upstate New York. Uh, I guess he just got a little bit too close. But infrasound, mind speak. If you want to, like I said, you want to uh, experience infrasound, hey, go to a zoo and get a little bit too close. Go to go next to the tiger cage or the lion cage or or maybe even a bear cage. And actually look at these animals. There was a zoo in... Um, Western, uh, Northwestern New Jersey called, oh boy, it's been a while now, the Space Zoo. And that, that's in Western, Northwestern New Jersey. Space Zoo used to have Goliath, the largest bear in captivity. And he was scientifically bred when they got him originally. He was the biggest bear, one of the bear cubs that they had found in a wooded area. And they took him to the zoo and they scientifically fed him so that he would have all the advantages to grow. He was over 12 feet tall, and this is a brown bear. I, when I went there many, many years ago, I think he's dead now. When I went there many, many years ago and I saw him, he was lying down. And I'm going to tell you, huh, 12 feet, yeah, he was one large specimen. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine people going out in the woods and, you know, you don't come across a, a cryptid, but... A regular animal finds you, and uh, like I always like to say, now what's your game plan? Do you actually have that pepper spray? Do you have something to defend yourself with? 
Do you even know what to do? If you run, you're now known as prey. So you really need to stand and know what to do. That's why before we go out on a boots on the ground field investigation, we get the maps of the area. We get any information of the area that we could possibly get. And here's another tip. Uh, it comes from the military. The area that you're going to be operating in, get yourself a nice uh, telescope, a low-power telescope or binoculars, and scope out the area. Scope out the area as much as you possibly can, as deep as you possibly can. And then once you've been like 50 feet into the area, pull those binoculars or telescope out again and scope out the area. You don't need a high-power telescope or binoculars. Go low-powered, wide field of view, and look, and look, and make sure you look. Because when you're looking across there, and this has happened with us, we were going to go into this one certain area, and we saw a mama bear with three cubs. So we're not going in that area. We're going to go a mile away from that area and come in at another angle. You know, there's, there's no need to disturb the wildlife there, and no need to have her come at us either. And you definitely don't want to disturb a mama bear with her little cubs. They were so cute, though, Laura, I'm going to tell you. You want to go grab one and play with it. <laughs> no, no, yeah. He will rip you apart. A bear is about 10 times stronger than a human male uh, and a strong human male. That's that's where a disadvantage you have where you live in Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, if a bear came up to your door and had the peace of mind to want to smack your door in, if it hits your door, you're double, double bolt locks and and you're watching yeah. stand up to that bear smack. Um, I saw camera footage of people that had, uh, you know, house cams and a bear in Pennsylvania came up to the door and smacked it. It didn't even look like it was, you know, using any force. It hit that door. The door went slamming in and it went through the house. And uh, the damage it did to that house, I can't tell you. I mean, it's pretty bad. I don't know how you folks have pools up there. Absolutely don't know how you can have them. Because there's a lot of lot of footage out there in Pennsylvania. People have cameras and they're away, and the bears come and they jump in their pools. Now I've seen that, but yeah. I've never. I don't know anybody that that's ever happened to, but I have seen them, you know, rip down the bird the bird feeders, and they do that so easily, like it's nothing. Oh, Just one swipe and they they pull it down. I've seen them knock over you know, a post that was cemented in the ground, just knock it over like it's nothing and just, oh, I'm going to pull this over and I'm going to eat the bird seed out of it. Remember, a 600, 650-pound bear, plus, like I said, it's 10 times stronger than a, a strong male. I'm not talking about some skinny male. I'm talking about a grown, strong male. And it just whacks it. You know, that thing's going down. And these black bear can climb trees. Remember that. I saw in front of, in with my own eyes, I was stopped at an intersection and there was a lady in a BMW on her cell phone calling for help. Uh, she was about 50 feet away from where I was stopped, and there was a bear there, and it wouldn't get out of her way. And Pinky's up in her BMW. Oh, get out of my way, right? Beeping the horn, aggravating the bear. The bear went up to the car and slashed out her car. The bear's claws actually dug in and took out the outside skin of the door where it struck the car. And I'm saying to myself, lady, back your car up. You know, he's in front of your car. Back it up and turn around and get out of there. I was just watching this and I got on the phone to the police. And um, <laughs> I don't know why they always ask this, this question, but it, the cop goes, well, was it acting aggressively towards you? Uh, no, officer, not towards me, but towards the lady in the BMW, you know, and then I heard over the uh, over the air the uh, the lady dispatcher saying uh, to the lady on the phone, "Why don't you just get out of there with your car? Don't get out of the car. Back it up and get out or drive forward." She was on the line with the same police department. So what I'm trying to get at is, when you're out there, you never know what you're going to come across. Be it you know a bear, mountain lion, coyote, snake, spider, Bigfoot, dogman, mothman, some other cryptid. I mean, there's a lot of other cryptids we could talk about. Uh, you know, lizard man being out there. Uh, you've got UFOs being out there, possibly. That's why when I'm out there, you would see that on my vest, I have a lot of things on it. And I'm trying to be prepared for whatever's going to come out there. It might be something paranormal. So I have the white salt and the, the black salt, the holy water. 
and, uh, and I've got the sage and my Bic lighter ready to light it up. And you never know. You never know what it's out, what's out there. No, uh, you, you definitely don't know. So I guess that's all the time we have for tonight. Would you like to tell us, you know, where we can find you? And I'll put all your links down in the show notes then. Okay, well, if uh, the easiest way to find me is in Facebook, looking up the North American Dogman Project, Region 3, uh, also Region 5. And I've opened up a lot of state chapters. I've opened up uh, Missouri, uh, West Virginia, New Hampshire, Maine State Chapter, just to name a few places. Even though they're all in my region, we also have, I mean, I'm the regional director. We also have the individual state chapters, you know, out there and everything. So just the North American Dogman Project Region 3. And if anybody can make it to Paris, Tennessee on August 13th, you can contact me. I can I can help you uh, find a way to get tickets there, or you can just come to the door to get tickets. And they're on my site and any of my, any of the sites that I have, we have the... Uh, the way to get tickets, and we have information about the conference that's going on on August 13th. And, uh, and Laura, I got to thank you for having me on your show. I mean, we could talk about any other cryptid you want, any other time you want to, and whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you, need to, you definitely need to come back. I really appreciate you taking your time out and talking to me. Oh, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Good night now. Good night. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.